Welcome to, and I'll just say the number. I'm rolling. So welcome to, <laughs> welcome to uh, Digitally Built, podcast number six. Six. Yeah. Executed properly. Man, that's nice. telling a story right there, you know? Damn. So we are, tell, we are, we are talking about story this week. And we're, we're not going to do any, what, is, what do we usually do? We usually just do like. We usually do a little bit of like. Hey, here's some business ideas, or here's some personal development ideas, and then we go into some tech stuff and apps. And this week, we're just gonna sh- just straight focus on none of that, and just more about crafting stories and messages. And we're gonna do we're gonna break it up into three like segments, like um, people stories. So like N- NGOs and uh, yeah, we're back at my house this week again, and Jesse almost just killed my cat. No, it's fine. Okay, cool. At, um, at Leggy Bird Photos, you didn't hear that. <laughs> um, so three different. So for NGOs and church groups and nonprofits, if you want to tell us some people stories, and we're going to start on that. We're going to talk about like branding, um, uh, business messaging, that Jesse has some great insight into that. And then what's the third one we decided we're going to talk about? Events. Events. And trying to find story um in the middle of uh of events sometimes those events feel kind of like uh, haphazard and just you know, shoot everything and figure out something with some music and blah 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 and move on so we're going to do those three different types of stories and some just stuff that we've learned we don't know everything but definitely maybe, don't know everything help. need a yeah. lot of help too because i know i do because at the end of the day i think i've talked about this before i'm not really much of a writer <clears throat> i mean I can develop ideas fairly well and throw things in, but I know I, think, I like to learn I, as much as I can. Yeah, and I don't think you have to be a writer to tell a story. So yeah. Um, but first, before a resource, um, Still Motion, man, they're they're great story, storytellers. Started out doing wedding films, but they have um, a great series they're starting on Vimeo, and the first one is. I guess the whole series is called Storytelling the Still Motion Way, and the first one's out, of course, part one. You should check it out. Um, some great stuff there to get you kind of kick-started just in story in general. Um, watch the whole thing. All very, very good stuff. But um, let's start out with, like, um, branding and business. And, uh, you know, when a client comes to you, Jesse, and is a, a business, and they want to start kind of, like, venturing out into the YouTube world. <laughs> Can um, I get one of those YouTube videos? Exactly. Uh where do you or how do you kind of direct them or how do you help them um what questions do you ask how do you start their storytelling process and i think how do you make them realize that they are telling a story either if they say something or even if they don't say something everything they do is a story um, and saying something about their business yeah i mean i know the most important thing to me and this kind of the most obvious is you know who are they like what do they do and and that's that's like it's it's really basic in that sense. It's just finding out what they really do and what they're really passionate about. And um, from a business and, sense, or also from like a personal and like what? Well, I guess that depends on what they are. I guess you know if it's a if it is a nonprofit, it usually those people who work there and who are coming to you with that that is who they are, as well as the organization. Like they care enough about it. If it's just a straight business, then I mean a lot of times that is who they are as well. And on a certain side, but it's kind of like, you know, as far as the business goes, what does your business do? What are your goals? And more importantly, you know, why are they doing this? Why would you, you know, why do you want a new 
video? You know, why do you want to get all this new marketing material created and pushed out there? What's what's the point of that? And from there, that's that's your end. And you kind of just work backwards to fill in the gaps to make that happen. Yep. So I know that's the first thing I start out with. It's just that basic question of, you know, why are you doing this and what do you want to see what do you want out to accomplish? of this? Yeah. I totally agree. And I think that also spills into like, that's the question you ask the client, but that's the question you continually ask yourself, um, you know, as a, I guess, storyteller or whatever, like, what lens is this lens tell what because everything tells a story i mean the place you shoot an interview what you shoot what you don't shoot what lenses you use to shoot what time of day you do you shoot at you know um, all that is part of and that's our job that's not the client's job mm. but i think ask continually asking yourself why am i doing this why am i using this lens why am i this close or this far away from a person you know, that always helps shape the story i believe in the end so mm -hmm. um do you like so they, they answer that question or do you see most clients have a problem answering that question? Like the why? I guess that's hit or miss too. Cause you get people who they don't know. <laughs> like I, right. I remember a long time ago, I had someone who was like, I don't know. We just know we need to be doing something. And so it's like, all right, well, we get that. Where, so where do you want to start? You know? And, and that's kind of like you, you just have to throw out suggestions. Helping, knowing their industry is not always going to be something you know, but doing some some research on that as quick as you can and finding out what other people are doing or what they're doing, you know, just kind of issues maybe the industry or the organizations had or is going to have. Does that help at all? Doing some research. I mean, just like Google News, even. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. I've I've never had clients that are that that are big enough to need like re you know either rebranding or re-imaging right so to speak so i guess that would go more on that or if something bad has happened or if there's something there's something i'm not even gonna talk about something if, if the company just needs re-imaging because it's something negative because i don't know anything about that as much but if it's something good that they're doing that's easy to play off of that's like use that as much as you can you know it's like fit fit in those good moments the good things they do um i guess one one big thing to approach it it's like who boy that sounded cheesy who's the audience but because it's like well duh but more so is specifically really who's going to be seeing this and who who do they want to see it that's another big thing because you know you can have a car company let's say you have uh, somebody let's say you have a company that makes you know tires and rims uh they want to have they want to show it to trade shows and some, they're mainly trying to market at this moment in time to stores who will pick up their tires and rims so you're going to frame your message differently to that group than you would as if you're saying we want to market to just people who are going to buy them from those stores the way you sell that is two totally different ways. Right. One, you can actually use like industry jar jargon and specific things and performance specs and all that. And another right. one, if you're just going to everyone and the soccer mom, you really have to go in a totally different right. know, angle or somebody who doesn't know about tires or rims or doesn't care. And you have to be more like make them care. So it's like a totally different angle. Right. That, that's true. Yeah. That's, that's some good stuff. So what about, what's your experience when, I think, because you've done nonprofit work, say telling someone's story, and I'm talking about more like 
a specific like say couple or our missionary or you know someone who had something bad happen and overcame it like what can do you have any uh insights into into that aspect of uh of telling their story and that kind of goes what's the you know i look at it as well first of all if it's an organization bringing it to you it's what what is the point of the organization telling these people stories like what do they want to show and get out of this you know a lot of times they're for events and then they'll post nonprofits love to do events and they love to make are now starting to really like to make videos from those for those events and then the videos are sustainable so they keep going they're not just specific to that so it's you know what are you creating this for what's the point of telling their story but then when you get you know when you meet those people it's it's just you know give me give me the story what happened and then you know the feelings that were that were in those moments they'll tell you all these moments and you really have to know the feelings of how they were going through things and and why they think that certain instances happened and if and you know there have been times where i've asked people why do you think you know why do you think that happened blah 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 why do you think that that's why it happened you know sometimes you just have to kind of ask the same question just reiterate it just keep diving a little deeper yeah because at the end end of the day a lot of stories it's it's strong there's strong sound bites that you could literally take 15 20 seconds at a time and piece the whole story together yeah i found that one of the best things is to um again the why so like the com- or the organization might have a couple or a person whose story they want to tell, but really um, first figure out the end goal of what the organization wants to do with that video and like the emotions they want to and like the action items they want people to take after they view the video or your or where content maybe it's at an event or online, and then actually analyze the story that they've given you, and sometimes that may not be the best story for that end goal that they want to achieve mm-hmm. and you know you got to have the guts to say you know we should probably look deeper because i don't think everyone eventually maybe one day that someone's story might be worth telling but they might not the person themselves might not be maybe it's happened too soon maybe they haven't fully like worked out what has happened in their story in their head and they can't articulate it mm-hmm. and honestly maybe they just aren't good on camera and that's not gonna like um that's not gonna look good for the organization if they the person's story might be amazing, but if they're really fidgety and like sweating profusely on camera, eh, you might want to get something else. Yeah. But then once you find that story, have that person like write down their story before you interview them. Right. And so a they get to work out their story on paper because a lot of times when you tell a story to someone else, there's a lot of assumptions that are made and just things that are skimmed over and not worked through. But when you're doing an interview, you really have to break down everything and explain explain it clearly and have the person who is being interviewed be able to do that mm-hmm. concisely and then also another thing you got to look at is the time length like how much time do, do you have to tell this person's story the shorter it is actually the harder it is on the interviewee mm-hmm. because they have to be very concise with their words or you just have to be a butcher in the edit room and show no mercy um 
So like all those things play into account. And again, if you start beginning the why and what your message is and what you want to accomplish with this video and how much time, if it's going to be played at an event, do you have to show this video? How does that fit in? Then you can work backwards and figure, okay, I have this much time, blah, blah, blah. And now I got to figure out what story can, can help my client tell that in a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And another thing for me is like never, this is just me, I never like two people on camera at the same time like when you're interviewing say for a couple because mm-hmm. you always have this awkwardness on your wide or medium master shot right. of one person talking and the other person just looking at them so you have this weird profile you know when you're looking to your left or your right you just see the side of the face and or and an or you have like i don't know what to do with my hands what do i do where do i look it's very awkward so i try to like when i tell a story where it involves maybe a couple or more than one person is interview them separate and use your ability as a storyteller to weave in even if they're a married couple you can through story elements show the audience that they're married mm-hmm. like you don't have to put them on camera at the same right. time um and then another another thing like i think it's just in general with interviewing is like there's gonna be awkward pauses and silence and let the person who's being interviewed fill them like when you think you have to butt in, just wait a second. Like just, just wait. Let them fill it in, um, and if it then becomes very, very awkward, then that's when you need to jump in. But a lot of times they'll start because they're processing it mentally. They'll start going along another tangent that might lead to this just great, like you were saying, soundbite. And that's something you can really use, and you'll get that great pause for when you're editing before they start a thought that helps you out because. You're not trying, you know, when, when someone's talking really quickly or just on a train of thought, there's not a lot of spaces in there for you to like pull out those bites because you got words jumping on words. But mm-hmm. if you like just don't inter- let them let them just let them work it out mentally. Yes, it's awkward for a minute, but a lot of times you get great stuff after it. And that little nugget was from uh, guys at uh, from Hillsong Church in Australia, Paul Nevis, and he told me that. And I just thought that's great. And that's helped me a lot, too, when interviewing people is just. Let them fill in the, the blanks. It just, mm-hmm. you get a lot of good stuff. Yep. Yeah. That's true. So I guess the, the last thing is events. You film events almost like every week. <laughs> <laughs> Lots so, of events. So how do you pull a story out of an event? Uh, now we didn't so, talk about, we, now let me just real quick. Uh, we weren't going to talk about gear, but we did mention something last week. Or last podcast, we don't do these every week, but last time, episode five, about H1N or H1 and just a law of set. Mm-hmm. And I think at events, like that little set can be really powerful because what's great now with te- sensor technology is we don't need a lot of lights. We don't have to light something, but we can go around, just throw a lob on someone really quick, maybe frame it tight so they don't even have to tuck it in their shirt and get some, 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 get some small sound bites. I think that helps tell stories at event at events much better when you have people that have experienced the event mm-hmm. or help put it on. I know with Life University, you do some work for, they have that lecture series where mm-hmm. they speak and there's people around and they have students, but then you also do an interview with the speaker and talk mm-hmm. about like, I mean, that really helps bring that video together. Yeah. Yeah. Having dialogue to drive an event video is very crucial or, or else it's just, Unless you can get a solid master of the speaker um, and then piece in their dialogue. You know, a lot of event recaps are really great if you can get that. 
that solid shot of whoever of the people speaking and get their audio and you can splice that in as well but i really i like i like having a setup an interview setup ready in another room out in a hallway somewhere that's away and quiet and then during the middle of session breaks or after the event or even right before sometimes because you can get anticipation moments those are good to start off a video as well um you know you bring that person out there do that real quick you're not sacrificing anything you have your lights set up and all of that and they can go right back to it um but it just all depends on what event you're at what time you have you know what's let's be honest the uh the weight of the video later if it's gonna have to if it's gonna really need to be nice or if it just can just slide by and just be a little short yeah. recap is but i i definitely i definitely like being able to bring people out to an already set up area and get that and and well I mean, it's great with weddings i mean like even weddings you're not gonna do formal interviews but if you have in your kit just that's i mean the h the h1 is like 100 bucks right and you have a 20 dollars cable at the most yeah hooking the soundboard even during the reception when you go shoot that mm-hmm. and and the wedding itself and maybe if you can get to the uh the rehearsal dinner like those are some sound bites that are just great and help really drive your your video along yeah. the story and that also will bring out like maybe you know the car that they're going to be driving away in i think still motion did this where the winnebago that the couple was going to drive away in, you know almost became a a a, a, a um a storyline in in their video like they mm-hmm. they've shot a lot it was almost like a character right and it just help and you surprising little things pop up when you can like talk to people and grab that audio Mm -hmm. um and and really be always thinking about what's the story going to happen here what's the story going to happen here um but that's another thing i guess like um i just like audio with uh or with i guess people not just audio i mean like sound bites with event stuff i just feel like that just this helps a lot and it doesn't take a lot of effort right right no it definitely it's definitely what will drive a video because you can take an event video and turn it into a promotional video for something just by getting two or three good interviews yep that's it's really it's really that easy but and even if you're a one-man band say at a wedding doing a wedding like you can you can still do this stuff mm-hmm. like yeah. you, it's not it's not for like a huge crew i mean I, oh, yeah. you know, just just the right small equipment nice and lightweight and you can get it done which is great so that i mean grabbing those and what about like when you're shooting an event i know it's dependent on the event but like talk about like do you think of through your like lens choices or your cameras or maybe use a time lapse not use a time lapse yeah those are popular with events yeah yeah well we can talk about um a recent event um it's like for instance yeah when when you think of lenses i always obviously like primes and fast and stuff and I don't care for zooms that much but man they just zooms are so easy to use in events because you need to change that focal length so often and switching in and out of bags is is such a pain so it's like to have two solid lens that cover the range and and I'm I don't care for L glass as much as a lot of people do but you know if you're shooting Canon or really anything that accepts a Canon you know, you get a 24 to 70 and then you get your 70 to 200 and, you know, solid on all event coverage with, with that said. And you only have to change lenses twice um, 
to get to get all the different focal lengths, which isn't bad at all. So it's like just being more mobile, you know, monopod obviously is is yeah. great. But it's more I've kind of found where when I shoot events, now I try to shoot like a wide, medium and tight of almost every place I'm in. It's like if it's of a stage of something and I'm on the side, I try to get a low angle wide, then get a medium of whoever's speaking, then try to get a tight and then I'll turn around and move around to a crowd shot and I'll try to get a wide from that position, a medium and a tight, you know, if it's, if it, obviously it's all within reason, if it makes sense and if it looks good, but yeah, just covering all your, all your bases, all your angles to be able to do that. And then do you start out with wides when you walk into a room and then tighten up or do you do the Yeah, reverse? usually, usually I'll do wides cause they're the easiest and they're the quickest. So you'll just set up a wide focus real quick and start your little pan. It's just a steady little wide pan. And then that kind of gets you, because I don't know about you, but I have to just kind of like get in the mood. I don't know, it's like I have to warm up. It's really? almost like stretching before you go to the gym. <clears throat> Same thing for me. I have to do a couple of shots before I'm like, all right, I'm creative now. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. I just have to get a jump started. So a good good solid wide shot will we'll do that. But um, <laughs> Wide shot warms you up. Yeah. Yeah. But it all is it's just... And also, events are a whole lot easier to do if you get there early, but... And I always ask for, if you can, like a, I guess an itinerary or run-through sheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Order, order of, of events. Order of and, events, yeah. And as much tech details as you can. I mean, a lot of times when I'm going to go cover stuff, if I'm going to do it, if I'm going to do a full, like, coverage, I, I'm, whoever my main contact is, I'm like, hey, tell me who your tech person is and let me call them. Because, yeah. you know. And also doing, like, I mean, this goes back to, like, even the point that Jesse was making about business and branding and like try to learn as much about the organization and the heart and what they're about um whoever's putting on the event as you can because that really helps you tell the story and you understand what is going on at the event and isn't like whoa what why are they doing that that's weird yeah it might make sense in the context of what the organization is about um and also what to focus on with your shots like if you know mm -hmm. what they're about and if it's maybe a fundraising event well you know you know, maybe they give away little trinkets or something. I don't know. Focus on right. the trinket. You know, that right. has value. So make sure you know what the organization and people that are gathering, what they're gathering for and what the um, organization is about. I think that helps a lot too in your shot, shot selection and storytelling. Yeah, yeah, because sometimes you might not need a ton of shots of the audience because it's not really about that. And, you know, other times you, you know, a lot of times for event coverage, you might need that to record that speaker the whole time and it's like you know we'll set up that have another camera bring another shooter a couple of people whoever have enough coverage that you need other times you might not need that so and yeah. it's also about the feel of it too because i know like um like recently there was a shoot where you wanted to do the time lapse and i was like cool but at the end of it you didn't really have to for well, that we, we got there late so we couldn't do it anyway <laughs> right right but see like one like that it was like covering an event and it wasn't about the event it was about the person speaking mm -hmm. so it's like time lapses never hurt they're always cool so why not but i wasn't putting pressure on you to do one because really you don't have to you know you didn't have to have it because it wasn't like hey we're highlighting this event because that event happens every two weeks right. it was so, the, the reason though it was for in the future because right just be event. able to use it for b-roll that's another thing <laughs> if you have a client where you are shooting a few events for them over time 
get some shots that you're going to be able to use in other videos. That's another big thing. You know, build your B-roll up if that's a consistent client. Obviously, if somebody calls you and they're a one-time client, you don't think you're... Like weddings, you all use all the stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, definitely weddings. Um, you know, like I said, if somebody calls you and they have an event, you've never shot for them. You really don't know that there's a future shoot the best you can do the best job and then whatever but if it's your second or third video for this these people start you know in that second video start shooting as much of that that you can use for other videos not not to make less work for you i'm not saying for it to be lazy but just to be better because you can use that coverage you know all over the place if it's not a specific event video if you're doing a, a re uh like for instance if you're doing a video where you're highlighting an organization and what they're doing but they do that through a lot of events. Well then boom, like you cover, you're on that second or third event with them and you've been shooting, you know, you're three events into it and you've been shooting all this B-roll. Well, putting together future highlight videos for the organization is gonna be a whole lot easier. And I mean, right off the bat, now you have enough footage if you've done a couple for maybe like um, a mission video or a vision video for them because mm -hmm. And then you have your handy little recorder. You do a you do an interview with the founder or some key people, and you do an overview video. So right, and you bring all that other footage in. So right, it, like, exactly. it helps you with other types yeah. of videos, not yeah. just event coverage. Especially with nonprofits, because nonprofits love to host events for fundraising and showing what they're doing, because that's kind of like their way to do that. Fortunately, they're all figuring out that you can do that through videos too. Um, but yeah, if you're doing an organization highlight video, an overview video of who they are, you know what their mission is. Um, obviously, you'll add in other elements to that video, but you can take a lot of that B-roll that you've already gotten and you didn't have to shoot it because the worst thing is for somebody to come to you and be like, oh yeah, we don't have any footage though. <laughs> or you have anything where we could get some? No. So then you're having to shoot footage that you're making up, which you're not going to get from an event unless you have a huge budget and put 100 people in a room for a <laughs> fake event. <laughs> so in reality, at that point, you know, you're having to do a lot more work than otherwise. But, I mean, in those situations, you can't avoid that. That's not, not your fault at all. But being prepared if you know that, that if you know you're going to need other stuff for that, that client is great. Awesome. It is great. Well, that's all I have. I don't know about you. 26 minutes. That's like half the length of all of our other podcasts. Well, let's just, let's just focus on storytelling. And the best, the best advice is go tell stories. It doesn't matter if you're getting paid for it or not. Just go do it. If you right. want to get better at it. Right. A lot of practicing. A lot of practicing. Also, <clears throat> one thing I've done the past little while is when I interview someone, just because a lot of people are shooter editors now. I mean, most people are, and anyone listening to this probably is or... Or even if you're not, um, even if you do other stuff, it's it's listening to how that interview went. Like when I'm editing it and I see how it went, I'm like, oh, I should have asked this. I mean, you just grew just immediately within yeah, ten seconds. You listen to that clip and you, and the, this the fact that you wished that you had something else, you immediately learned, and so that's always good. I mean, just being able to see things you're involved in, even if you're not. Even if you're not necessarily a full video person and you're interview you're not interviewing people, let's say you're just a some other designer or you're just you're just talking to people. I mean, you just need business skills. So when you go to talk to someone else, you know, asking someone about their company and, and making business connections is kind of like a, a mini interview. I mean, it's the same process. Like 
who are they what are they about totally agree you know how can you help them out the best the best way so yeah learning how to ask questions i think just in general um is pretty important a for just like not just for interviews but for expanding your business and getting to know people that are also creative and uh and getting new work yeah because that's the key like that i think that's what a what a lot of creatives don't know how to do is ask questions and like spark good conversation that leads to the answers you need to fulfill a client's yeah uh, goals yeah it's it's funny because that's one thing my mom used to always get on to me about is i would tell her about something and i wouldn't have many details and she said well you didn't ask about that and i was like no we didn't ask about that. She's always like, why didn't you ask? That's funny. It's so funny. So I've gotten a lot better about that. And now I have to do that with my wife, Sam, because she'll do the same thing. And I know how frustrated my mom used to be now. Because <laughs> just, I'm like, well, why didn't you ask? She's like, she didn't think about it. So that helps. That Just, just keeping that in mind. Just keeping in mind that always ask more questions because it's not really going to hurt anything. Yep. Although it will annoy people. I don't think so. If they're good questions, it's not going to annoy you. No, I get annoyed. You get annoyed? Yeah. Stop talking. Or wait. No, that's the opposite. Stop asking questions. Stop asking questions. Just just Google it. Just Google it. Just Google it. I don't get annoyed when people ask questions, so I was was just kidding. Oh. Just Google it. That's all you need to do. You don't need to listen to this podcast. Just Google it. Google it. All right. Well, tune in to the next podcast because it's going to be a surprise on what it is. Thanks and bye.